Hi there and welcome to episode 147 of the ADHD Adults Podcast, the last episode of 2023. As it's an end of year special of sorts, we're dispensing with most of the usual nonsense to give us longer to reflect on the year and importantly answer some of the questions that you've sent in. As usual, I'm joined by Alex, whose face is now sadly back to normal. Alex, hi. Uh, a reminder that I didn't write anything for this bit because I had half an hour to do it. I'd spent the entire half an hour today Googling, is there a word for twilight, but in the morning? And after half an hour, I found out that it was morning twilight. Did you write twilight. anything for any bit? No, 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 nothing. And I had, I only had half an hour and I was genuinely stressed isn't about it? it. And then I did that. Isn't it the blue hour? Isn't the golden hour later on the blue hour is the morning? Oh, that's every hour for this guy. I can't do that. I can't be that person. <laughs> It's it's very um, incredible. Okay, and uh, also as usual, we're joined by Mrs. ADHD and her accompanying burnout. Sam, burnout. hi, <laughs> hi. Okay, so not as always. I'm going to go first, and then I'm going to ask you guys what was notable about 2023, <laughs> um, personally, and in terms of the ADHD community. Now, we we recently had a review. We do we read our reviews. Thanks for giving them. And we do like to kind of respond to feedback and uh, constructive feedback is always useful. And this one said um, that we're getting a bit moany. So I'm going to try and, I mean, I'm the moaniest <laughs> one, obviously. I'm going to try and yeah. try and deliver this in a slightly more upbeat way. So um, 2023, let's call it a bad year. Obviously, in January, it started off with my dad's funeral because he died on December the 11th, obviously. <laughs> and I didn't really grieve him. Now, later on in the year, that came back to kick me in the ass because I had a mental health crisis. So I didn't mourn him. But immediately in January, we then had lots of dog shit journalism. If you remember those articles, things like I'm not a doctor, but I can probably tell you you've got ADHD. That had a really bad impact on our community because lots of people started to have their friends, family members and even partners saying to them, see, I told you you didn't have ADHD. This, in my opinion, was some of the worst journalism ever. However, there were some good responses from other journalists, particularly people like Caroline Williams and other journalists who are a part of the ADHD community that fought back at this journalism. And that's a really good thing. Then... We had that documentary, that piece of uh, journalism, I suppose you could call it if you're, if you're mental, by the BBC on Panorama about um, ADHD diagnoses from private clinics. Now, I think personally that documentary has probably done more damage for the ADHD community than anything else that's almost ever happened because we've had people struggling with shared care, shared care agreements struggling to get acceptance of their diagnosis, even having shared care agreements stopped during the year because doctors have said, and we've seen the notes, I haven't seen the programme, but I've heard it was quite bad. Personally, I then had to spend months dealing with this, seven days a week, trying to identify issues from the community and as part of my employment, which have a significant impact on my mental health. Later on, as I'm sure you're all aware, there was a medication crisis and we're still in it, really. And lots of people either had to stop their medication entirely, mm. change the medication that they were on during titration from one of the amphetamines to methylphenidate, for example, or try and eke out their tablets. So some days they took them and some days they didn't while we're trying to get towards the end of the year. Mm. There are some positives, though. The little mm. talks. I made every one of them, which is incredible, really, isn't it? 45 live talks, 45 live talks, and I made, did. very true, very true. There were lots of empty seats because people with ADHD often forget they've booked and because the talks aren't that good. But I made every one, and then if you include all the, the talks for companies and online events, again, which I made every one for, I think that's something that I should celebrate. Yes. Now, during the middle of the year, I had to leave my employment amidst said mental health crisis. <laughs> and I had to start from scratch with no income, no clients, no money at all. Yeah. But actually, the positives of that are that I've now managed to meet so many people through coaching and get so many coaching hours in that I'm probably a better coach. I've hopefully got to help lots of people. And I think, therefore, that's a real positive that I should celebrate. Now, during the year, we paused the podcast, as most people are aware. And I think that's a cautionary tale of overcommitment, 
burnout, communication issues, and we really should have paused a little bit earlier and taken a break because we were all frazzled, weren't we, guys? Yeah. Um, equally, <laughs> yes. equally, we've seen the significant growth of the Discord community, which has been wonderful, and we've got to meet so many of those people. And I now feel like, although I've lost all my friends, I now feel like I've got this wider family of people who are kind of like friends who I don't really know, but who genuinely <laughs> love me more than my previous friends who I've lost all of did <laughs> finally all of well, yeah. yeah well colleagues i'm like I'm, I'm more like a flag nut than a friend no no let's be honest. you are listen I've, I've got you and jack and i've got eric yeah. and, I, and i don't see eric sadly but that's about let it, him really. finish and, God, and then finally finally as much as i've had mental health crises and lots of suicidal ideation I actually have managed to reflect a lot personally this year when we were talking about things like anhedonia and things about my physical and mental health. And I think I know myself better. So that for me is 2023, both in terms of my personal journey and the community. Alex, what about you? I think I start, I've been reflecting a lot on the loss of your dad as well. And, and I think the one thing I really noticed is that you don't know the difference between mourning and grieving. Mourning's a traditional... Oh, fuck off. I said, you, you I, said grieving. <laughs> I said grieving at the start. It says mourning in the script. Imagine the psychopath you'd have to be to say that out loud. <laughs> I don't have to because I know you. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 the, one of the big things for me this year was meeting a lot of the community and, and becoming mm. friends with people that were, yeah, moving from sort of online acquaintances to, to discord friends darren and patricia and murphy and chris at uh, both chrissy's chris came to cardiff glee club and chris nhs chris and there's loads more i've almost i should i should i should say in, in, in my happy rants i should also have said pat and murphy and others who are clearly now friends yeah but i was i was too, i was too happy um i was just i was I was too unmoany. You to were really overly think. positive, I think, for you. Well, well, you know what? Maybe I went too far in the other direction, <laughs> but I didn't want to be moany. No, I think that's fair. And you look like uh, if Alistair Dowling let himself go, that's a reference <laughs> to the 1990s that no one's going to get. Uh, Sam, what about you? How was your, oh, how was your year? Fine. <laughs> oh, sorry. I wasn't expecting it to be that soon. Well, um, yeah, obviously after Bobbitt died... We granny died. Um, that was in January. Uh, but I spoke on stage in front of loads of people for the live podcast event in March and met loads of our community, which I love. And then I did it again once for the first and last ever time. Um, when Ding. I did a talk on my own in <laughs> Leeds for an event called The Lost Girls for Fran and Sue. And it wasn't until the other week when I went to the ADHDAF event that I understood what lost girls meant because Nicole, high heels and heavy suitcases, read a part of it out. I think it's a poem or something. I can't remember. But I nearly cried. But then I, I've forgotten now what it was. But anyway. Amazing. I went to loads of James's little talks. And mm, we went awful. to an award ceremony for the charity for an award that we knew we wouldn't win. Mm -hmm. And the host came over to ask, who we were, but I thought he was just talking to me, and I said, <laughs> I'm Sam, really loudly, just as the music and everybody went quiet, and I haven't stopped thinking about that since. It was oh, not have I, to be fair. <laughs> it was so bad. It was oh, brilliant. People asked me on their podcasts. I went on a dopamine kick with Sparky and Shell, a Rosie's ADHD Untangled podcast, and I've just been on Laura's ADHD AF podcast. Again, when I didn't realise I was recording a podcast, I thought we were just having a chat. So I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I, went to, I went along to a couple of ADHD AF events in the last week or two and drove down three roads that only trams should drive around. And I was an hour late, but more than an hour late. Uh, for the Birmingham one, we set up a way for people to support the podcast if they oh, yeah. enjoy listening by setting up a Patreon. And I started recording ADHD Towers, which is now my basic therapy. It <laughs> follows me along my day to day life so that we'd have some extra content. And then I started doing Getting Shit Done with a Mrs. ADHD. And I'm loving coming up with new things to reward people in with people that support <laughs> us with extra content and i think that's it i can't think of anything else i mean you've probably answered this sort of 
but I'll, anything else, Sam, that what stupid things stand out for the year that you did instead of what it was you were supposed to be doing? Mainly doing way too much when I should have been resting. I think I've been in burnout for a while now and I keep going until my body literally just shuts down. And then I get up again and carry on again until I shut down again. And I really should be learning for that. It's so hard, ding. Because I want to do all the things all of the time and I've got so much to do and I'm not even getting all the things done that I need to do and I'm still doing too much and, and burning out and I need to rest but I don't know what that means and I get really fucking bored with it and I don't know how to stop. You're so right that we need to put rest, we need to survive as humans so we need to make it a task without it becoming a stressful chore. It is notoriously difficult. I think so hard. I don't know what to do yeah. to relax. It's so boring. Yeah, but you, you, you remember this relax and this ADHD friendly relax. Um, a, a friend recently said to me, "What? what uh, how do you?" He asked me if I really bird watched because he it was Darren, and and I said, "No, no, I really do." But I don't. He thought it would be boring. I'm like, "Oh no, I don't ever stop still anywhere. It's while I'm running or while I'm going for. I don't do anything." Chasing ADHD friendly. <laughs> Chasing. <laughs> So while I'm hunting people down, I just noticed the no. odd bird, mostly and, carrying. And, <laughs> and most of them, and remember, leave me alone. It's, it's important as well to remember that it's important to remember that Sam's, <laughs> Sam's relaxed time is obviously spending time with me, and the oh, knock-on yeah, effect yeah. on my self-esteem when she's like, "Well, I can't just sit here with you," is um, it's quite apparent, I'd say. Yeah, it's really fucking difficult, isn't it, having ADHD? And I imagine being married to James. I mean, yeah, both, both, both of equal uh, difficulty. I think also to answer Sam's question again for her, when we started doing the extra content, the amount of time you've spent overly focusing on editing out, for example, breaths, every single breath in a video because you don't yeah. like the sound of breaths. Yeah, I spent oh, a lot of time doing that. I've stopped doing that now. Which must be, and I've even been leaving. I've had to edit some of the pauses out, but I believe because because I realised that I was editing out all my pauses, which made me seem like I was still working quickly. But really, I had such long gaps in between everything I was saying because I was just getting slower and slower. So I realised that wasn't truthful, and I had to leave them in. So that helped me. Fact. Oh, yeah. What about you, Alex or James? I don't care. <laughs> go on Jay. well I'll, no what do you know what? i'll go i'll go because mine's i don't even know if it's bad I, i've listened to james a little bit this year which is always so everything uh -huh. james suggests we do james what do i say immediately oh. podcast daddy podcast daddy yeah i say no <laughs> to everything you suggest yeah, does, and every does, single yeah. time you make me do it and every single time it's revolutionary for Ding. my life <laughs> and have i learned a fucking thing no not no, I don't intend to either. It's, <laughs> is any is any of that because of the person delivering the advice? If it was someone that wasn't me, would you think a you might accept it more or b learn from it? No, I'm, I I think it's an element of ODD in my personality. We've talked yeah. about this this year that mm. I would probably have a personality disorder if I wasn't so lucky and privileged in my life. Yeah, um, and I think my natural reaction is is fuck you. I, I can't help it. It's been my my whole my brain works that way. It's quite it's an evil little cunt. Excuse but I, I get a bit like that because I think it's... I know better, even though I clearly don't at all. Like the evidence suggests I never know better. But yet my brain thinks, no, I'm not doing that. I know better. I'm going to carry on. I'm not in burnout. Are we, are we not acknowledging? That was Alex's first C-bomb, I think. I know. It was about oh, me. 147 episodes and Alex drops the C-bomb. Well done, sir. Well, I will give you credit for very little, but for that, I will give you credit. It's a really good example of self-esteem issues with ADHD of how we actually fit. It's the only time I will use it is about myself. It's, it's funny that. Um, yeah, won't learn a thing. When I look at the texts that, that we write in, on our mm. podcast chat and James asking us if you think, like he suggests something, Sam, doesn't he, for us to do editorially. And we go, I, I don't know. You're the podcast daddy. Why are you, why are you, why are you talking about well, why do you keep asking us? <laughs> just, we'll just do whatever you want. We're literally <laughs> just, yeah. What are you on about, Daddy? <laughs> and we're both so dismissive. It's like I don't fucking care. Why are you telling us these figures? It means nothing to me. <laughs> yeah, and we're not going to go. Oh no, James, I don't. I don't think that is the right outro music. 
We should edit in post. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, how about you, James? Has Alex finished first? Yeah, oh, you know, it's, been, it's been a long year. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Even, it's even my bit as well to ask these questions, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Is it? Mm, blue, 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 blue writing. Yeah, blue writing. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Thanks. What about that, you, James? <laughs> no, we're. <laughs> you about to finish then, Sam? Jesus Christ! <laughs> Ding! What? What? What about me? That was a good thing. Yeah. Um, I think the the kind of the stupid slash ADHD things that I've been doing instead of what I'm supposed to be doing. First of all, is saying yes to everything, and that was partly out of necessity Bing. because Bing. having having transitioned from employment to no employment and from you know income to no income, I had to say yes to a lot of stuff. Ding, and I think in the same way that you did, Al, over committing to something. Yeah, and and this is the key. It wasn't really overcommitting if I didn't have ADHD, but not thinking that at some point in the next six weeks, I'm probably going to have migraines and I'm going to have some insomnia and I'll have a, a mental health dip. And that means I'm not going to have six weeks of preparing an online course or preparing new workshops. I'm probably going to have three. So that kind of commitment turned into an overcommitment because of my ADHD. So when I should have been, for example, writing, you know, slides for the online productivity course i was often either in bed with a migraine or just kind of lay on the sofa because i hadn't slept for four days etc and that then just made everything a million billion times dif dif different difficult and that's more difficult. basic maths it is basic maths um <laughs> basic maths now obviously doing the little talks which has been amazing yeah. has yeah. involved some organizational stuff now, Mrs. ADHD is 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 pretty much my life PA anyway, which means for probably 75% of those talks, she's brilliant. She'll book the transport, the hotel. She'll even print out an itinerary because I like paper as opposed to things. I'm yes. glad she's got a task because she's been bored. I know, exactly. It's not, it's not that I have any guilt at all that she's had to take on about 25% extra work just because I changed career and became self-employed at all. I like um, it when she, she's in such work mode as well. She replies to me with, uh, Dear Dr. Connor, James can't make the meeting today. I love it. It always makes me laugh. Amazing. Um, and, the, and the stuff that Sam organises is amazing. But obviously on the odd occasion, if Sam's not coming and I'm going with Jack or I'm going ding, on my ding. own and I've ding and i've organized it for example i ended up in the murder hostel in brighton yeah because i, I thought because i thought after that change from employment and money to no employment and no money i better cut the costs on these talks because the money that comes in then we'll pay for you know food and electricity <laughs> so so looking in brighton thinking you know what's the most cost effective place i can stay apparently it's a murder hostel a murder hostel um and obviously then booking um other hotels which really weren't close to the venue um not really looking in advance about the brighton trip for example when jack and i went to brighton and it said on the website of the hotel you can pay for parking at reception and we spent 25 minutes in the car park trying to find out where you pay and getting very angry at it because actually it's a little qr code on the entrance and that's how you pay and there's nowhere else in the car park um, the organisational stuff has been difficult. I've left so much stuff at either the talks or the hotels, two laptop chargers, loads of phone chargers, pants that I'd worn on the floor in accommodation, which I've just left there for the lucky cleaner to pick up. Nice. Um, getting into an argument with my access to work assessor, which is still ongoing, actually, because I don't think they were very good. And they didn't even include all the stuff which we discussed in my report. Um, but the, the the lack of emotional regulation with that, when I should have been probably coherently putting forward a case for the things that I wanted to do. Um, and then the obvious, you know, forgetting basic stuff, like I'm meant to be at the GPs now, or I'm actually at the wrong GPs because You're I've got a You're meant to be at the test. GPs now? No, no, sweetie. I'm I'm, desc I'm describing 2023. Yeah, uh, it's a bit yeah, too early for the James. It wouldn't. Now it's not I know. Design, mate. I know. I know. You know. Stuff like sitting in reception, waiting for a blood test, and then realizing actually it's not this clinic. It's the one that's five miles away, and the blood test in three minutes. Oh, that yeah. type of stuff, really. Was it this um, year you went to the wrong university? Uh, uh, no, I didn't go to the wrong one. I luckily went to the right one. But just by sheer luck, I thought <laughs> I was going to Brighton, um, but I actually went to Sussex because I got the Surrey and Sussex mixed up, mixed up oh, a thing. Yeah. 
and luckily, just by mistake, went to the right one. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So that was, that, those were the things that stood out this year for me that um, were very ADHD infused. Lovely. Well, thanks for that, both. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in part two with questions and thoughts from the ADHD adults community. Thanks for that, both. Welcome back to part two of the ADHD adults last ever, possibly Friday, maybe issue of the ADHD adults. We're talk, <laughs> taking questions from the community. It's a very special, nearly New Year's Eve, end of year show. We get questions from forms. Thank you, James. On www.theadhdadults.uk. Boom. I'm going to read out a question. Are you ready? Go this on. one's from yeah. Claire. Hi, Claire. Thanks. Hi, Claire. It says, firstly, the podcast has quite literally changed my life. It can sometimes feel very lonely having this brain uh, in brackets, Brian. Brian. And it's nice to be able to, <laughs> I love that, Claire. And it's nice to be able to tune in and feel like everything is okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. My question's about Christmas. It's not really a topic, and I'm not sure if you could fit it in, but do you Ooh, have dude. any recommendations <laughs> for Christmas Good gifts? I but you could fit it in, Sam, yeah. couldn't you? You could fit oh, it God, in. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> do I have to stop reading the letter so you can explain the joke? Sorry. So, no, no, no. We no, can't. we that don't need to explain, explain that joke. Never explain that joke. <laughs> do you have any recommendations for Christmas gifts for ADHDers? What would you like to receive as a thoughtful ADHD-aware gift to lighten the load a little? Thank you again. Really hope you read this out. Well, we have, Claire. And it's, do you know, it's a really good question. It the really first thing is. definitely to say is that it, when you've met one person with ADHD, you've met one person with ADHD. I, I'm not great at surprises. And I, I, I don't know if that's ADHD or not, but I've heard it a lot. Mm. And so it could be a good idea to, to ask someone if they would like the thing you're asking. That's not for everyone, though. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that's an issue. It's what about you, James? What do you like? So recommendations for gifts. Yeah, ask people if you can. Um at, at the minute, what I would say is there is so so much growth in the AI field. And I think some of this is going to be really useful for, for ADHD in the future. And I would probably say what I would like to receive is a massive subscription to all of the AI packages, which can do things apparently like organize my day, take notes for me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so if anyone out there has you know, enough money to buy me as a Christmas present, all the <laughs> AI packages, then that would lighten the load a lot, I would say. It's definitely one to ask, though, isn't it? Because like I yeah. wouldn't like that because I wouldn't. Yeah. I, it, I, immediately I mean, I'd go, well, I'm not doing it then. Like when people I mean, said to I be, should to watch be fair, the wire. Yeah. To be fair, I didn't recommend that as a gift for everybody else, but still, it's a fair point because you and Sam in particular are good examples of people that do not like surprises. And whereas I just don't like being given presents because, as we mentioned in the break, I might, might have self-esteem issues. Yeah, you might have, um, yeah. I might have them. Yeah, I might. What about, what about you, There's Sam? nothing you can do about it, though. Money. <laughs> so in the break. Money. Money, Seriously, yeah. money. I need money. Either that or ask me <laughs> what I want and I'll tell you I hate surprises and I hate waste. So I hate it when people buy me something that they think I'll like and I don't like it. And then I have to give it away or throw it away. It makes me sad. Plus, I cannot be held responsible for my reaction if you give me a surprise. Yeah, and, and I think that's fair. So that's why I change it from asking people. Because I actually, when someone says, what do you want? I, my immediate reaction is, I literally have no idea. I've never liked mm -hmm. or had anything in my life. And I don't know what I do and don't have. So my, my, my feeling would be to change it, to think of something and then maybe say, how would you feel about that as a present? And, and if they are, you know, it's, it's, you could ask, because I, I love it when that happens. And what's, what's made it easier for Sam and for many people, as much as I don't like in... to promote... Um... South American river-based companies yeah. is having a wish list. wish list of things, yeah, a list of things. Yeah, I've got alternative wish list. I know, exactly. I know. And I was about to say that, Sorry. but obviously you had to shout it out before I could. Um, Sam, one thing you didn't say is, do you have any recommendations for Christmas gifts for ADHDs? Yeah, yeah money. 
or so we should give everybody... them what they want and get them exactly what they want. I th oh, I thought that was you because it was couched in the language of ask me what no, I want. No, everybody. And then people Fair can enough. just buy whatever they want. Fair enough. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Claire was expecting us to say fidget spinners or something, but still, that was <laughs> a very like my fidget spinner. My yeah. pen, I like a pen. It's always nice. I tend to just I tend to just finger my ring and spin it round rather than having a, a, a fidget spinner. Nobody wants to see that. Anyway, thank you for that, Claire. That was a really good question. Question two is from Megan Doghouse Meigs on Discord, right. and it says, "I've been wondering since this was thought thought of as a pediatric condition for so long. Flawless. What was fuck off?" What was the impact on people who aged out of their diagnosis and were told they didn't have it anymore? And that's a fucking brilliant question, Megan, because so often we hear from people in that situation. Any thoughts, Alex? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The impact is bad. That's the, that's the answer to that question. And it happens yeah. ages. And you automatically do as well. They don't automatically put you into the, the adult category. They don't automatically. And if you slip off the, the okay, I'm an adult now. I've got to do this on my own. I mean, that's hard. That's hard for everybody. Thing, yeah. For people with ADHD to organize that move from, from childhood to adulthood at 18. And we're developmentally delayed. I'm pretty sure I was uh, 10 years from now before I ever became a real adult. So it's just notoriously difficult. And then to just kick you off the list is inhuman. And I think it's ableist. And it leads yeah. to more suicide, more self-harm, more accidents, less money, less employment, less access to higher education. Keep it light, mate. But of course, <laughs> it's also a superpower, so you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, I can give my thoughts now if you want, mate. You don't have to pass it on to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've done um, it. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think. No. No. no carry on. James. No. Go on, please. James, what, what? What I would say is currently in the UK because obviously we do have international listeners. Hello, Australia. Um. The the really weird thing is this is so uh, uh, our charity was recently invited to review the new nice guidelines on adult ADHD, and we made sure we said a lot of stuff. To be fair, yeah. and we got quite a, a breadth of opinion, including from clinicians, to talk about it. And one of the points that we made in there was this is a lifelong neurodevelopmental disorder where everyone seems to accept that it doesn't just come in middle age. It doesn't just go, for example, people may learn to cope with this and therefore may disengage with services. But if you accept, as it, the NHS does, that it's a lifelong neurodevelopmental disorder, then why, as an adult with a childhood diagnosis, should you require re-diagnosis? Okay. I can understand requiring retitration because you've got to start on meds, but yeah. why the fuck should you go to the back of the queue to get a diagnosis that you already had as a child? It makes no sense. No, do I. It's so frustrating. I it think is. You're okay if you carry on with treatment. It's if you stop treatment for a while, yeah. but then they presume you haven't got it anymore because you've stopped treatment, so you must be fine. And then you have to go and get re-diagnosed and, and, yeah, if you want to get on treatment at a later date. But, yeah, the, no, but, but the majority of people do disengage with treatment, as we've said before, the long-term adherence rates to medication. I know, I know. Five years, 12.5%. Yeah. So the vast majority of us do stop treatment at some point. So... There's a lot of people yeah. out there, and we see them at every talk. We hear from them all the time who are, yeah, no, I was diagnosed as a child, but I've gone back to my GP, and they've said, yeah, you know, you've got to be re-referred back of the list. It's yeah. maddening. It is. Anyway, Sam, next question. I don't know what you're In looking In green, you see how that question, works. I'm looking at, I know, but I'm trying to read this. Question three is from Gabby. Mrs. Gombember. I was trying to think how to <laughs> pronounce that. Mrs. Gombember. I think it's, it's Mr. It's Mr. S. Gombember. <laughs> <laughs> or Mr. Scombember. Mr. Scombember. Hey, ADHD, ADHD dads. Good one. I've been putting off writing this letter for weeks because of RSD. So by now, I obviously completely forgot where I heard James mention that his favourite scientific 
objects no subject is hormones in another podcast in ADHD towers in the Transylvanian woods in one of my past <laughs> life it was actually on Rosie's Untangled um, podcast which was a really good episode actually so my question is how do hormones especially female hormones impact brain functioning and how does that affect differ in phases different phases of the menstrual cycle and coupled with the thing TM it would be marvelous if you guys could recommend me some trustworthy papers on the subjects as there is so many of them online it's overwhelming for someone only getting familiar with the subjects keep up the objectively not funny jokes and the annoyance of James you fuckers lighten the days and teach me self-acceptance blah 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 nice touch little by little love you guys Gabby from Hungary I there were a few things I wanted to say there and then I lost them all as we went through oh first of all people ask me all the time for papers because yeah. you guys obviously when you write the script put them in there and I send them to people but obviously they're not really accessible for no they're really not people it, like, I can shocking. only James has taught me but how what we do but what we do what we do have is focus mag uk where a lot of those papers are kind of rewritten in articles and we will start to increase um, the number of those articles on there so a lot of the stuff we talk about you can find in an accessible form well let me get you james UK. as they did ask about you to answer yes. that first okay i'll have a go and i'm sure alex um because he used to be vaguely involved in science at some point in his career <laughs> not, not really well we'll probably have an answer as well the weird thing is the answer is almost certainly yes. If you look at um, the the mass of anecdotal evidence of how symptoms get worse with the three M's, menarche, menstruation, menopause, but also after childbirth, when estrogen levels tend to wobble, then the answer is almost certainly yes. When you get down to actually well-designed scientific studies, there aren't that many. So most of the data which links estrogen to dopamine for example, is in animals or in cells, petri dish kind of grown cells. When you look in people, there are a few studies and there is conflicting data. And again, it's often because some of the studies are shit, poorly designed, underpowered, I assume don't have enough people, uh, you know, and, and therefore what I would say is almost certainly when you combine that kind of basic science data with what is out there in terms of the experience of women in those periods of time the three m's then definitely adhd symptoms appear to get worse related to female sex hormones and how they change during the female lifespan there are a couple of papers which if you really like scientific papers you might want to look at so there's one by um kamara et al and that's um relationship between sex hormones reproductive stages and adhd a systematic review and another one by antonio uh, et al and that is adhd symptoms in females of childhood adolescence reproductive and menopause period but like i say they often will point out that it's likely but it, you know, the science isn't great alex anything to add just just that one of the reasons it's difficult is people often so estrogen does lead to dopamine but the question is does estrogen lead to dopamine that affects the brain and that's what we're discussing here, isn't it? Because it, it's it, plasma dopamine in your blood is not the same as dopamine as a neurotransmitter acting on the networks of the brain. And that's it appears it probably does. As Jay, for exactly what James just said, it, it probably does. And therefore, if you've got affected estrogen levels, it's going mm. to affect your neurotransmitter levels. The exact ones probably that people with ADHD take medication to increase. Um, we don't lack dopamine. In ADHD, we don't like noradrenaline, we don't mm. like serotonin, we like the activity of them. So the meds we take are kind of falsely increase the activity by increasing the amounts of dopamine. So we've got loads of it compared to most people, which is a bit odd, but that's how it is. It's like not having the locks instead of the keys. Um, so yeah, everything James said, really. Good. That just validates me as a scientist. Sam, any opinion on this as a woman and someone that has <laughs> women's yeah. hormones? Yeah, yeah, it definitely has an effect. It definitely does. I could cope with my ADHD until I got to perimenopause. And then all of a sudden, my brain didn't work anymore. And nothing works the way it used to anymore. I really fucking struggled with all the emotional dysregulation, with all of the fucking not remembering stuff and, um, and, and you know, the executive functions. I could cope. I built so many coping mechanisms that all completely fell apart like dominoes you know when the, you watch them and they all just 
they completely fell apart when I got to perimenopause. But also every month as well, I completely go to shit and completely forget that this happens every month. And that, and, and for me as well, adolescence was probably, apart from perimenopause, the worst time for me. So hormones definitely affect me. And when I started taking HRT, so I was taking estrogen, it really improved my symptoms for a while. Um, but then I realised that I was still a bit shit, so I needed ADHD meds as well. So, yeah, I'd say it's, definitely it's, for me. It's also really important to notice that ADHD, female hormones are affected by stress and sleep, the things that people with ADHD often struggle with, and it's a vicious cycle. It's no wonder. And do you think we don't acknowledge that as a society pretty much because of the patriarchy? That is why, isn't it? Because it, it, if, if it was men, it wouldn't. we'd probably take it more seriously as a, as a culture. Yeah. Yeah. But if you look at my, if you look at most of the conditions that women have to deal with, <clears throat> such as endometriosis, for example, if yeah. that was a male thing, I'm yeah, pretty sure them. there would be a lot more research into solving the causes and having improved yeah. endometriosis. Yeah, yet, imagine if loads somebody... of men were struggling with fucking shit tons of pain and a load of blood coming out of them like constantly. <laughs> I'm sure something would be done. <clears throat> I um I do actually think this, but I also like virtue signaling, so this is a double win for me. Yeah, <laughs> makes good me for feel you. smug without actually doing anything to help. It's good, yeah. <laughs> right, question four. You ready? This is from yeah, Catherine really. I'm... I like the use of the full name, Catherine. You may have already covered this. Sorry if you have. What's the deal with the motherfucker gene and ADHD? I came across an attitude article on it the other day. Sorry, that should have been the MTHFR gene. Uh, <laughs> James, do you want to do you want to smack that one? Um, <laughs> smack that one. Um, every every so often, every so often, a paper will come out which will say this is the ADHD gene, and the popular press pick yeah the popular press pick up on this because they like simple stories. Simple stories or simple answers to complex questions is often the only time that science gets into the press and attitude okay it's kind of the press in it it's you know it, it's articles written by six-year-olds apparently most of the time and what they're referring to is this gene which is 510 methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase Easy which is say. an it's a gene that encodes for a an enzyme this is an enzyme this um uh, 510 methylene tetrahydrofolate Met metabolizes folic acid, which is a B vitamin, and it produces an amino acid called methionine. Now, methionine has lots of functions within cells and within the body. Now, genetic mutations often, um, each gene can have hundreds, sometimes even thousands of specific one single nucleotide, one single part of the DNA is either cut out or switched for a different type <clears throat> of um, DNA base. And that means that the protein that it makes will either look or function a little bit differently. And one variant of this gene has been linked to ADHD, but there is no one ADHD gene. The overwhelming body of evidence is that you need dozens and sometimes hundreds yeah. of separate genes with just tiny mutations, which on their own wouldn't do enough, that collectively create that genetic risk of 70 to 80 percent that then leads to ADHD alongside the environmental stuff. So it's it's likely it could carry enough power so you might need fewer of those other mutations. But on its own, I think it's unlikely that, that a mutation in this would cause ADHD. Alex, did I fuck that up or was it okay? No, it's perfect. And it makes sense if you think about it. If we did have one gene that changed your brain structure that much, it'd be lethal. That's not how yeah. the brain is a really sophisticated. You know, the brain makes more connections between neurons than the in everything connected to the internet in the world. It is an unbelievably complex machine. And so any change that was that big would just be lethal. Have you have you written that down somewhere recently, Alex? That fact is that is that is that why it's it's sprung to mind? Uh, yeah, funnily enough, I was having to edit somebody's piece of writing on ADHD <laughs> in the brain, James, which is a big pile of old shit. <laughs> Amazing, so, <laughs> but it but it really shocked me the number of, mm. and I'm talking 
hundreds if not thousands of times more connections than everything connected to the internet it's vast and so what it's it's fairly obvious that a really tiny thing that affects the brain we we could have a hundred of those and still be relatively within normal parameters but when you've got adhd you've got so many of them you're not anymore you you're at the extreme levels of these quite healthy impulsivity and hyperactivity and attention they're healthy but to have them at the levels that we have is not so healthy and that's why loads of genes come together to make yeah. our particular brand of crazy you can't say that i regret it so. sam any thoughts on genetics no mm-hmm. i haven't got a fucking <laughs> clue but i do know some things now but you uh, but remember you had your so you had your genes analyzed like oh, i yeah. did no i oh, had yeah. I, think it was, I think it was 46 adhd related mutations and 70 oh. odd um bipolar ones I don't know if you can remember how many adhd related mutations i've got no had. clue i know well, we'll that have, we'll neanderthal and like my family are all super neanderthals when you when you 83% neanderthal <laughs> oh, fuck off alex <laughs> <laughs> it was 8% though <laughs> and you, you can you can if you look at her face that's the eight percent really isn't it? it's it's yeah. all brow. it's eight percent brow <laughs> anyway it's moving on moving on to question five question five is from bowie in brackets bow pronounced like the head of a ship actually it's just ryan it says yo 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 nice hello for james i it's find bow, james. bow like the head of a ship the bow, oh, bow the is it yeah. bowie Bowie's doing Bow. Well, I fucked Bow. Well, obviously it is. Well, but it I is would Bowie. Have said Bow, like the head of a ship. But it is Bow of a ship. He's right. So I've screwed that up. Oh, but we'll leave it in. Oh, obviously. God. Apologies, Ryan. Bowie. 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 See, I'm now. Ryan. I'm it's just Ryan. Right, Ryan. <clears throat> yo, yo, yo. Nice hello for James in brackets. I finally went to the doctor in New Zealand to discuss ADHD today. Well done, Ryan. Ryan. I felt like they didn't really understand the issue. And when I talked about disorganization, they joked that it was a male thing. Oh. I left feeling like a stupid oh. fraud. I've been thinking all day about two things. Firstly, am I a fraud? From your experience, did you personally know definitively prior to a diagnosis that ADHD was the cause or was there self-doubt? Do people report a pre-diagnosis limbo? Am I psychologically more likely to say yes to a self-reported questionnaire if I think ADHD is an issue, i.e. do people unwittingly over-egg their scores? Secondly, I, I actually think it's fifthly, I feel that my issues um, <laughs> my issues are more prevalent recently. Is this a reported issue that signs become more pronounced with age? I'm 39, bloody youngster, Ryan. Sorry if you've answered these questions. I'm a new listener and only up to episode 40. Thanks for that, Ryan. Um, who wants to make a start? Sam? Wow. I mean, all of that. We have all yeah. felt that and still do. Still I have to report that even after you get diagnosed, you still doubt it. You still think, am I a fraud? You still think, did I over-egg the questions? Am I over-exaggerating this? And yeah, it just never gets gets easier. But why? Just ask yourself, why would you want to have this? like why why would you want to 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 have this label or to say that this thing is wrong with you why would you want to yeah because it's a superpower yeah yeah what about that sam because 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 then you're definitely going to be a stand-up comedian a famous comedian (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah this doesn't go away unfortunately i'm sorry about that what about you james um So I'm a bit odd, obviously, yeah. in that I, because I had a, a long lead in, because Alex, when he phoned me up, whenever it was 10 years ago, telling me <laughs> I was more ADHD than he was, I had, right there, wasn't I? Fucking well, yeah, I'd spent some time obviously reading about it. Then my lovely friend, Eric, um, it became obvious to me that he was struggling and had ADHD. So I... You know, I wouldn't say I helped him, but we chatted about it and he got a diagnosis. So I was very aware, finally, after two fellow academics and friends had got diagnosed what it was. So when I sought a diagnosis, and this is often my approach with any medical interaction because I do all the research first, I was 100%, 100% happy that I had ADHD. We're well, not happy, but in full knowledge that it was definitely ADHD and I was just waiting for psychiatrist to say yes you've got adhd never a second of doubt hasn't been a second of doubt since because when i looked at 
the whole package, not just the diagnostic symptoms, the non-diagnostic <laughs> stuff. Yes, good one. Ah. It just oh hello. It just oh, felt for me. It it just felt completely authentic. Um, it was obvious, to be fair. So I I didn't I, and I also didn't have that long pre-diagnosis limbo because I went private because i had oh, yeah. one of those mental health crises at christmas a couple of years ago and <laughs> oh. um yes and i was at the point you know staring at the wall thinking about the lack of future i've got and that's when i realized i had to go private so i only had like less than a kind of six week lead in from deciding i'm going to get a seeker diagnosis and getting it the last bit i think is interesting and i might leave this to you al the psychologically more likely to say yes, yes. it's hospital pass obviously no it's not no questions um, but Alex, your feelings, thoughts, comments. Okay, yeah, Sam's right, it still is. You, you always question it because it feels too convenient that you're not just an absolute twat and that it's okay you to admit both, that this... by the way. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, absolutely. And and am. I, yeah. I think that... <laughs> That's what I was saying. That there's also a tendency with the age thing that we feel like we're leaning into it. So people mm. say this all the time, oh, since yeah. you had your diagnosis, you, you, know, yeah. you can't. And people are like, what they're actually saying is I'd much rather you still bit your mouth till you bled than you're a bit fidgety in front of me. Could you Why are you not masking up? anymore? It's very inconvenient. It is. And, and it doesn't affect me in any way other than that I don't recognise it. I'd, could you? Could you? Um, so what the psychological evidence says about the age thing is that it doesn't get better or worse as you get older, but it does change and the manifestations mm. change. So it might be that you're noticing different presentations of the symptoms. Uh, it do, it can get worse. It could also get better. It could get different. So it's a very idiosyncratic thing, Brian. But part of that as well, this is really important, is A, kind of around diagnosis, we do unmask a bit. Once we start to accept it, it might be that we've got the thing. And the other thing is, most of us spend all of our lives not knowing what ADHD is. And once you actually know what it is, you tend to spot the things that you do. And yeah. therefore, you feel like it's happening more. Whereas in the past, you just think, oh, God, I've, I've lost my phone again. Whereas now that would be framed in, oh, God, I keep losing my phone. I've got ADHD. So often that, that thing's getting worse is that we, we unmask a bit and we notice those symptoms more. Can I say something slightly controversial as well? This Ooh, yes. Most people I meet, including me, sometimes early in their ADHD journey, at some point starts to think everything about them is ADHD and all ADHD yeah. is them. And, and that goes away with experience. But it, it yeah. I remember thinking, well, everybody must be a PhD student. You know, it's ridiculous what I used to think. And, and it takes a little while to sort of tease out. You never really get there, but tease out what is you. And what is yeah. an effect of your ADHD, and what, where your where ADHD is personality? It's all quite complicated. That's Female so male thing is, I yeah. really really think that in society we think that men are biologically neurologically different to women, other than genitalia, and they're not. There's no evidence for that. And this idea that there are male traits and female traits, other than those, because of the the, <laughs> the, the masculine culture we're in. It's a load of old crap. I think we often assign some autistic traits to men. Oh, that's a boy thing, isn't it? Being obsessed with traits. No, no, it's not. There's lots of girls who have special interests. There's lots of boys that have special interests. It's more common in people who are autistic. It's it's the same with ADHD. Well, they're disorganisation. Women aren't allowed to be disorganised. They're beaten for it. That's why you don't see it as much, because it's fucking awful. <coughs> it's, no, it's just it. nonsense. I've always had more female friends. I've been more connected to femininity i think the masculine i've never been good at that side of things despite james and i quote my therapist calling me a wild stallion do you remember yeah you tell us every episode <laughs> yeah i text it to james <laughs> once a week remember what about the psychologically more likely to say yes to a self-report the, the the thing that i would say <clears throat> before i give alex a chance to add to this is remember it's a shit test so even when you're filling in just the ASRS, the, the short test, for example, there's no context. So it's saying um, the first diagnostic criteria for inattentiveness is making careless mistakes or lacking attention to detail. Yeah. And do you do this? Never, rarely, sometimes, often, very often. Well, what's often and very often? Yeah, compared to is it as daily? Well. Is it multiple times a day? Is it? It's it's mm. subjective. Very often yeah. for one person is different to very often for another. It's such a shit test. And what's careless? I'm, I'm, not, I'm taking a lot of care. I'm still doing it. Is that careless? Yeah. It's, yeah. They, they're bad questions. I think. I maybe... think as well. It's sorry. No, no, go on. 
it's metacognition isn't it we, yeah. we're yes. not very good at, at knowing these things and we could answer it completely differently on each day of the week depending on how we're feeling or if i answered it one after like directly after another i'd probably give completely different answers it wouldn't i don't think it would be completely different but it wouldn't be exact what mm. what people remember the test is designed to over positive it, that's important because they don't want to miss people that's why mm. you don't get diagnosed from the test results it's it's just a the first yeah, tranche of three elements you need to get a diagnosis is just an, an an advocate for the clinician. It absolutely the DSM itself is definitely not diagnostic. That isn't what that is. It's just mm. the first thing that they take into account. I think as well, it's common that people don't understand what ADHD is, even mm. GPs like your GP, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that disorganization comment. I mean, just a shit. Not joke. just get not just getting not just get another GP. No, no, my GP find, here. Find out where they live. There's, a, there's really? a general thing of like, yeah, oh, isn't that just men? Mm. No. Jesus. Dead common. Go yeah. on then, Sam. Okay, right. Finally, question number six is from Ross. Hello there. I had an ADHD coaching session last week, and the coach recommended that I do a course of safe and sound protocol, SSP, before I start my coaching. What? Before you have coaching with them. Hang on, sorry. I'm always overcautious, and as the SSP course comes at a cost of £350, what the fuck? I am skeptical. I I'm sorry, you book in with a coach and they tell you to yeah. do a course for £350 first. Sorry, let me carry on. I can't seem to find much online information about the use of SSP in adults with ADHD other than testimonials on websites. Before I look into this any further, would you know if anyone on your team has already researched the effectiveness of SSP on ADHD? Thanks in advance, Ross. James? Um, so I'll, I'll talk about what it is and then Alex can maybe talk about some of the, the evidence. I don't know. But so SSP is, <clears throat> if you like, um, it's a home-based um, intervention. It's an acoustic intervention designed to reduce levels of stress and auditory sensitivity and the idea is it also improves the capacity for communication social engagement and emotional resilience and that's the theory and the theory is if you calm kind of the emotional state if you reduce stress and anxiety um, and improve social connection and communication then this theoretically according to the websites that sell these courses leads towards more successful coaching therapy and learning outcomes um, so that's kind of what SSP is in terms of ADHD, in terms of coaching, importantly, Alex, um, any evidence that you're aware of? No, <laughs> no, this is classic ADHD. Did you see that Guardian article? Sorry, that's really wanky yeah. English. Apologize. There's an awful lot of problems out there, partly because of things like the Panorama documentary, yeah. where people are suggesting these things help with almost no yeah. evidence whatsoever because they think it will just i mean look for red flags that's one obviously really i just think if you're booking in with a coach and they say before i can do coaching with you you yeah. need to do this coat this course mm. were they selling the course i mean there's, there's yeah there's a question of conflict of interest the interesting thing actually is if you look at ssp there is some evidence in people with autistic spectrum conditions or disorders that it can improve communication. And therefore it feels like to me that this has been kind of used as a lever to say, well, it'll probably help people with ADHD um, as well. I couldn't find any evidence of its effectiveness. But even that evidence, James, I think it's, it's remember it's an individual has come up with this and is selling it. Yeah, and yeah, if you yeah, look at yeah. who yeah. pays for those papers. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, there's evidence and there's evidence and there's papers and yeah. there's papers. But I mean, I couldn't find anything for either ADHD or for coaching. So, I think wow. with Ross, what I would what I would do is ask that coach why you should go on that course and what the evidence is. And yeah, can you equally, send me the equally, yeah, and do they have any ties to the organisation that's that's selling that course, or just find another coach? Because that sounds to me yeah. like snake oil, very expensive snake oil at yeah. that. Wow, getting ADHD people to impulsively buy something without know, enough exactly. evidence is, is it immoral? 
Right. Taking a break. In part three, we'll be coming back for our thoughts on next year, 2024. Goodness gracious me. And where we think things will go. Down the toilet, almost certainly. But, you know, with the positivity to it. Alex, hi. Hi. What's up? Welcome back to episode 147 of the ADHD. <laughs> to edit that, James. Where we are talking about what changes, if any, do we think will happen in the next year, James? Oh, now remember, um, because of recent comments about being moaning, I'm going to try and not be too negative about this. <laughs> so, again, I think things are going to get worse before they get better. <laughs> I think that as, as more and more people, understandably, start to, to, to accept they might have ADHD and they might learn from podcasts or talks or TikTok and then they look for that help, that means the supply and demand issue, both in the NHS and through Right to Choose and for medication, is going to come under threat. I'm worried, honestly, personally, about Right to Choose. That's my biggest worry, because I think that <clears throat> there is, well, I know that there's some evidence that the commissioning bodies are definitely in discussion about this. And they're talking also to primary care practices about this in terms of access to Right to, to Choose. We also know that up in York, we've got this issue where there's a single point of access being put in place, which is being legally challenged, which makes it almost impossible, in fact, to get an ADHD assessment. And that's being looked at by other areas, because if that legal challenge fails, what you'll start to see is areas in the UK saying only if you fit these criteria, like you're about to hurt yourself or somebody else, you're about to go through a major life crisis. And if not, we're not going to... Uh, prefer you, I think this is going to be problematic. And I think the med shortage is going to rumble on for a few months, maybe until February, March or April. So some of us that are eking out those tablets, that'll have to carry on, guys. Now, the positives. A lot of companies are now getting on board with ADHD. I know that we're doing more talks. I'm doing more talks and institutional training for companies on neurodiversity and ADHD. And that's a really good thing. Because if more employers start to accept that they can support people with ADHD to make them more productive, to make them feel like they are actually better at their job or as good at their job as they actually are, then that has an impact both on the employers, but more importantly, on the people with ADHD. If you compare now to last year, there are way more podcasts, way more campaign groups, way more social media accounts. Um, now than there were then so public awareness has and will continue to increase honestly i don't know if this is speculative or just me putting on a positive lens mm -hmm. i think and hope that journalism will be more balanced in some places next year i, don't, I think you're still going to get the dog shit pieces in the right-wing press by people who you know genuinely these you know, middle-aged white men that don't understand because they didn't have it in their day for example, and write it in op-ed pieces so you can't complain about it. But we have seen more balanced pieces. And the really interesting thing is it's often from journalists with ADHD yeah. who, who, who decide, no, I want a balanced piece out there. And I think, therefore, whether that impacts public awareness, I'm not sure. But I think at least there will be improved reporting of ADHD. Uh, Sam, what about you? Christ, I can stop now. <laughs> well yeah i'm hoping the medication shortages will be sorted but it's likely that they're going to go on until april um i think more and more people will realize that they're likely adhd because there'll be more awareness like you say which is amazing but like you say it might lead to longer waiting times and more medication shortages i saw the same with my hrt actually when i got diagnosed with perimenopause and all of a sudden there was a massive raise of awareness because of dr louise newson the perimenopause doctor and davina mccall going on that program or doing that program and it meant that loads of women who didn't know they were perimenopausal all of a sudden knew they were perimenopausal and went to get help which is amazing because loads of women got help but it meant that I couldn't get my HRT. I couldn't get my selfish HRT. bitch. I know, yeah. yeah and it's bitch. kind of similar with this. And I think, you know, that's gonna, yeah, it's gonna have an impact. So it's good and bad. Alex. Yeah, I mean, same as James. I, I think we should really focus on those positive the 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 
Francis, who approached us about that BBC Wales, Radio mm. Wales documentary, which was actually sensitive, Caroline Williams, new scientist piece. There's loads of people now starting to explain. And The Guardian, as well, I've noticed, have moved towards explaining the impact of ADHD before they even, you know, even because there are things to criticise. We know that. But it's about yeah. having the patient benefit in mind. If what you're saying is going to destroy trust in the patient's diagnosis, think carefully about what the fuck you're saying. Um, mm. what I would... <laughs> I'm really, I'm worried about the internet bullshit because it's getting more and constant <clears> and it's so, it's so noisy with food being the cause of it, a lack of willpower, loads of people saying ADHD is, I'm quick thinking, I'm able to make connections quicker and more creative. And that's not it. That's not the thing. It isn't. There's no evidence for that really. And, and it's so frustrating because you've got privileged people with, highly intelligent think that their personality and their look is ADHD. We process on average less quickly, not more. It's very frustrating. We don't have any intelligence difference on average at all when you look at it. Um, but, uh, trauma is heavily linked to ADHD, but not necessarily in the way you think. And I really want hope that we can start to understand that trauma is usually a result of having ADHD and growing up with it, not the cause of ADHD. Typically, unless it's like head trauma, but I mean, I mean, emotional trauma. It's it, it trauma informed is fundamental for ADHD. Assume a traumatic lifestyle or event, but it isn't realistically. There's not a lot of evidence. There's no evidence that emotional trauma causes ADHD. So I, yeah, that, that's what I think we're going to have to be really wary of. Is 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 the bullshit. What would you like to see, though? That's the question. Sam, what, what changes would you like to see next year? What's the big one for you or two, whatever? I'd like to see increased support so that medication isn't the only thing that's offered when you're diagnosed. I'd love to get ADHD on the political agenda so that we can get some actual positive change. It's something we really want the charity to get involved with in the in the future, but we need to sort our shit out and get more volunteers on board and, and yeah. Things, but we really want to start a campaigning on to affect political change at some point. I'd like waiting lists for diagnosis to be reduced and for there to be more right to choose providers, although I realise that right to choose is in the crosshairs at the minute. Is that what it's mm. called? Crosshairs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like there to be some actual positive, wide reaching press, press coverage for more commercial companies to train their managers in how to support people that are neurodivergent. I'd love to say to a stranger that I've got ADHD and then for them to actually know what that means, that would be amazing. Yeah. What, yes. what about when they go, no, you haven't? <laughs> oh, no, you haven't. I've had, I literally had that to my face. It's amazing. Wow. Great. It's a really uh, good what one. What about you, you James? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, there's lots of change that I'd like to see. The first, the first thing is that um, our charity has been asked to develop a structured psychoeducation course for all patients with ADHD, which will be on NHS Digital. We've just got to find the time and kind of the, the funding, if you like, yeah. to, to buy out time to do this. So if anyone wants to sponsor us to do that, the charity, then please let us know. But that would be massive because when you get diagnosed, as you know, you often get like a letter and it will say, try the Pomodoro technique and to-do lists. Mm -hmm. And some of them now yeah. mention our podcast, which is weird yeah very but weird. having a course you can go through and your partner and, and other people can watch to understand adhd will be massive like sam the waiting list what i'd like to see and again having uh had a chance to look at the updated nice guidelines this wasn't in there is a target for assessment is to say that people should be assessed within a certain amount of time because that's not in there and that means that there's no requirement for various nhs bodies to actually stick to a target because they don't have a target to stick to as sam said that po post-diagnostic post-diagnostic offer needs to increase because at the minute you get diagnosed you get offered meds and if they don't work you can't take them or they're ineffective you get offered cbt and we know that kind of doesn't work you should get access to therapy if you need it better access rather you should we should have sleep training because you know between two-thirds and eighty percent of us have sleep issues and we know that lack of sleep makes adhd much worse so there should be a more comprehensive package of support after diagnosis i'd like to see shared care guidance improved i'd like to see 
like genuine, open and empathic shared care guidance, which isn't just if this is a private diagnosis, you're not signing it, which isn't just, you know, we're stopping halfway through the year because you forgot to come in and have a blood test and we, we can't prescribe uh, blood pressure test and we can't prescribe if you don't do that. Some, some actual fucking empathy and a lack of ableism, less shit journalism. And for me, this is the thing. There's obviously been some television programs which have talked about celebrities with ADHD. One good kind of Netflix documentary, which is realistic, which actually shows what ADHD is, could change everything. Or yeah, a book, Al. Um, and just finally, um, I'd like to see this, and we are planning it's live, live podcast events. We've got some venues lined up, and we are going to do that next year because it's lovely to get out there and meet people who for some reason listen to this utter fucking nonsense um, yeah. every week. So that's what I'd like to see change next year. Alex? I think just one really isn't the UK. It's a global thing. And it's that we, I would like to see that the ADHD is accepted as a disability. If you identify your ADHD as a disability, you don't have to, that that is normal. I've, I hear so many comments of people who wouldn't dream of telling someone they had a disability or even using that phrase even though it's disabling for them, which mm. tells you a lot, really, this idea of hidden disabilities. When we were at the, the what was the awards we went to that I didn't enjoy? The, the, the National Diversity Awards or something. Yeah, and, and when they talked about disability, the, the comment from the host was, was yeah, because I've been at the Paralympics and, 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 you know, that's important, but we already feel fraudulent. Mm. We know we can walk, but it is... A neurodevelopmental disorder it, it is if, if you identify it as such it is a disability mm -hmm. if that's what you call it and i do and i would really like to see that accepted i heard recently from someone i know that their partner said to them can you stop referring to your adhd as a disability wow. it's offensive for people who are actually oh. disabled oh. i know and 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 i get it because i feel it too because of internalized stigma yeah. about wow. my own because you know we don't deserve it do we so that yeah so that's what i'd like to change please bit of awareness of hidden disabilities not just adhd but all of them well done al right that was episode 147 of the adhd adults, and it was the last ever friday extradition of the adhd adults podcast that we do bi-monthly bi-weekly or sometimes i don't know of 2023 <laughs> If you like this nonsense and want to get involved in 2024, contact us using the forms on our podcast website, which is www.theadhdadults.uk. Have a lovely New Year's Eve and that. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Trigger warning, Klaxon. Klaxon, 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 Klax